back to another episode of Anything Goes. I'm your host, Bilal Ali, and I hope you're all taking care of yourselves and doing well, you know. If you guys, you know, ever want to talk and stuff, you know, you can reach out to me in my uh, my DMs or uh, you can email me. Yeah. So uh, today I'm actually, I'm joined by Eric Verne. He is a lawyer, a soldier, a comedian, a podcaster. He's actually the host of a podcast called Against the Green. And yeah, hey, man. Wow. Thanks for having me. Now, I was going to ask you, is it because I heard I was listening to the podcast earlier when in your intro, is it Bilali? And you kind of just like it's almost like one kind of like a Hollywood sign, Bilali. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like um. So it's my first and last name, right? But um, it's kind of I just I kind of put them together like I say it pretty quickly, right? So then it sounds kind of like it's one name, but it is two different names. It's just Bilal and then Ali, right? So like Muhammad Ali, yeah. It's catchy. I it's catchy. I heard this from someone. <laughs> I forgot who they said when you when you say your name when you introduce someone or when you introduce yourself, you want to say your name as if you're literally like a billboard. Like when I when I introduce myself, I should be like, my name is Eric. Vernston, like oh, just yeah. like, like imagine you're like Eric Vernston. <laughs> it's like just you know, almost like you're doing the hand thing. I had that with yeah. someone one time where I was I introduced myself and I was kind of like doing this hand thing, and they're kind of giving me this look, and then I was like, well, you know, <laughs> I'm trying to do whatever. No, th- thanks yeah. for having me. I I'm a, it's funny. I'm a jack of all trades, trying to master some. It's an interesting interesting mix of uh, how I got here. I used to be. A, I know you're you're you just got in the university, right? Is that yeah. correct for next year yeah. or for this upcoming? Congratulations uh, for for September, this upcoming September. Thank you, I appreciate it. What are you gonna be studying? Native studies and education. So two different degrees combined. You'll be a busy man. <laughs> I did a yeah man. <laughs> yeah, I did a history degree, and then I came out and was like, I don't really know what I want to do, and this was. Fall, so I graduated spring 09. So going back a little bit, that was when the stock market was pretty much collapsed. I think it was starting to go up a little bit, but people were just panicked. The job market was terrible. Yeah. Didn't really know what I was going to do. I had a summer job. I was really bad at it. I also didn't try very hard. I was like, <laughs> eh, it was sales. And I was like, very, and I, I've been, I've been partying for like literally like maybe a year or two before that, like almost like every night. And that's like, wow. I go to this job and I'm like out of shape, trying to like get my life together and do sales. And it was just not a great, I wasn't really in a good personal space. And I was like, you know, you know what? I think I'll go to law school. I don't know why. I was like, well, yeah. you know, I, I, like what else, what else are you supposed to do? I'm like, oh, I'll just wait this thing out. So I end up moving back home and I had the option to stay at home with my parents. And it would have been the smart move to do, but being 22, still on the party, I had friends back in my old college. I went to University of Illinois in Champaign, and one of them I was very close with was like, hey, why don't you come here? I'm studying for the LSAT. You can stay for the LSAT with me, and then we'll just hang out for like a year. And I said, sure. So I took my graduation money and spent it on an apartment back in my college town, and it was a great call, but not for the reasons I thought. I thought it'd be fun you know, college, just all, you know, still partying. That's not how it works when you graduate. (laughs) Yeah. It's one of those, how how was it when you came back? How, how like different was it? 
people were like, I thought you graduated. And I had, so every, for, for nine months, I was like, yeah, I did. And they'd say, well, why are you still here? And then I'd be like, well, I'm studying for the LSAT. And then, then it evolved to, well, now I'm looking at getting into law school. And now I'm getting into law school. And every step of the way, there was everyone I knew apparently knew someone that was doing better than me in life. So I would say, oh, I'm <laughs> studying for the LSAT. And they'd, someone would be like, oh, my cousin got like a 170. A 170 is really <laughs> hard to get. I'd be yeah. like, oh, great. The LSAT uh, is, is like the test. Um to get into law school, right? Correct. It's got different yeah. sections. I, I took it 10 years ago. I don't even know what it looks like now. So I, so I yeah. take that and didn't do well. And then I had to study for it. So then I like took it and did, did better. And then I was like, oh, I'm looking at these law schools. And someone would be like, oh, uh, yeah, my cousin is going to Harvard. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. Oh my. Oh, great, great, great for your cousin. I don't, you know, and they're like, yeah, he's like tied in with Obama. He's a great guy. Uh, he's going to like change the world. I'm like, okay, well, good for them. I went to, yeah, so it was, it was a year of honestly just getting my face kicked in and yeah. I needed it because I was a total punk. I had no idea what I was doing in life. I was drinking, chasing chicks, which, you know, for, for anyone that wants to do that, whether it be chasing chicks, dudes, whatever your thing is. Uh, you know, it's fun. It can be a fun, fun time of life. I totally support doing that at some point if you if you want to. If that's not your thing. I get it. But it, but it, there's a cost to it, and the cost to it is like people are just like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> yeah. Literally, what are you doing? Like you did that before. You're still you're still doing that. And, yeah. And it was it was good. I worked at I worked a bunch of jobs. I worked at a Buffalo Wild Wings. I was a sub teacher at multiple school districts. Oh, wow. And those jobs, yeah, it was it, it was scrapping to get by. You, my parents weren't supporting me. They were like, well, yeah, you're not in school. Like, we don't even really understand what you're doing, quite frankly. Yeah. So if you, <laughs> so if you want to keep doing it, by all means, but you're going to have to eventually support yourself. That led to, I went to Southern Illinois Carbondale, which I had a great time. And things just kind of got, got in a positive direction from there where I, I kind of slowed down and some of the partying and stuff and really focused on school. I ended up doing an MBA as well. And I came yeah. out, I got my first job. I was working for a company owned by Goldman Sachs and it was a great job. Like fantastic at the time. Like I learned a lot. It was in wealth management, mm -hmm. the, but the hours were intense. It was a lot of tax work. I didn't really want to do tax work, but it, it was a good experience to learn that. But I mean, we're talking like probably 50, 60, 70 hour weeks. I lived an hour away at home. So like, then I went from like, so it's, it was like a cycle, right? So I was like, at least in my head, I was like big man on campus in college. Then it's like cut down to size, total loser, living in the college town. What are you doing? Then it's like, get my life together. Law school, three years of law school, like graduating JD MBA. I think I'm so cool again. And then back to the real world, kicked in the face where I have this like really intense job and I don't know what I'm doing and I can't get a date and I'm living at home <laughs> and I'm, yeah, it's, it was a cycle. So I had to kind of pick myself out of that. I don't know uh, if you've had like a corporate, corporate job, but working is called ACO Again, great company. I worked with awesome people. It's super yeah. corporate. It's like corporate, corporate, corporate. So ACO itself, because we deal with, high net worth i should i say we like i'm still there well we <laughs> they they deal with high net worth individuals 
at big companies. So yeah. you, 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 you work at a company that deals in secrecy and their clients are all working in corporate environments that are also deal in secrecy because they're high up. And on top of that, you're owned by Goldman, which is always under super, super tight scrutiny. Some of it very warranted for the whole banking issues they caused in 07, 08, 09, especially going against their clients. So it's just like this very like, yeah, we're fun until we're not. Yeah. I'm a, I like to have fun. I, I, you know, I like to, I'm shooting the breeze with you now, do my own podcast and stuff. And like, so like, for example, Halloween would come around and people would, you know, have some candy at their door or they'd like put up like the, the happy Halloween sign. I show up as a vampire. I am full white makeup and out. You can't see me right now, but I am like pale white as is. So I'm like, I'm like fully white. I got like the fake blood coming out the side of my face. I'm like wearing bangs. Yeah. I got like a cape on and. You know, people would be like, you know, it's Halloween. You're just going all out, eh? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> I go all in on stuff. People would just be yeah. like, you know, it's like Halloween, but, you know, you don't have to, like, do that. And I was like, well, yeah, but you said I, like, I don't know if you ever had this happen to you, but, like, you know, there's, like, what people say, but what they mean. I'm not always good at that. Like, for example, like, in college, like, I, I couldn't hit on a girl to save my life, but if I got hit on, I, I couldn't figure it out. I'd be like, why does this person want to keep hanging out with me? I don't understand. <laughs> I'm not, social, yeah. I don't get so, yeah. like social cues are not my thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you seem like a pretty outgoing person, though. Not going to lie. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I try to be friendly to everyone. I think people are great. I love, I think, what, I'm guessing one of the reasons you have this podcast is you love talking to people. I think people yeah. are awesome. And I, and I, every person I've talked to on my podcast has awesome stories to tell. And I think everyone out there has some really good stories to tell and they either are shy about it, or maybe they do have a, a job where they're like nervous. It's very corporate -y. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, I think, you know, the, the best part of kind of like, you know, doing this podcast and stuff is, you know, I get to kind of uh shed light on a you know a bunch of different topics and especially you know when i talk with different people right they're like so many people with different ideologies right and uh, ways of thinking and stuff like that so then i kind of i get to first off like you know expand my way of thinking but at the same time i get to you know uh see like different types of stories and uh, what people have been through and stuff like that right and then i get to share with the world which is a which is a kind of beautiful thing right so i definitely i love talking with people I heard this on the James Altucher podcast. Are you familiar with him? No. <laughs> he's got a really great business podcast. He's a, he's another kind of jack of all trades, master of some. Yeah. Well, he was working towards it. He's a very interesting guy. I'd highly recommend it. And we'll talk when we get to my book and we'll be able to talk about how he's involved. But one of the podcasts he had was with Tucker Max. And Tucker Max is a uh, an infamous author. author. He has his own publishing company now. He's done very well. He's published some stories about pretty much his like sexcapades and drinking, I believe is a lot of it. And he's been sued, but he's won because essentially what he said it was turned out to be true. Not exactly maybe the most ethical thing to do, but he's done well for himself. Yeah. I, I have no beef with him. I mean, I give him all the best. I'm sure some people have beef with him, but that's not that's neither here nor there. Tucker Max said, it's good to write a book because then your grandkids have something to be like, oh, like this is what grandpa was like or your great grandkids. Oh, and I, it kind of hit home 
my parents are getting ready to move. They want to go somewhere warm. They're in Illinois. They want to go somewhere warm. So they're yeah. doing whatever most Illinois people do, Florida or Texas. We came across old photos. And one of the things I was, I was walking a dog with my mom a couple months ago, and I was like, what was, what was great grandma like? She's like, what do you mean? I was like, well, what, what was she like? I, you know, when, by the time I came around, she was 80. Yeah. You know, when I was a little kid, she was, she was old to me. Like, she, you know, you were my mom. Then I had my grandmother. Well, then I had her. I mean, you know, an 85 year old right. to a five year old is like, like 130. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Like, like, like she, you know, I'm like, she was alive during World War One. Like, how is that possible? Wow. Like, you know, you know, something like, yeah. you know, you do, you're doing the math. You're like, oh, like she's born right before the armistice. Like, and yeah. I, I just want to ask about it. And I, we had this very good conversation where I got to find out about her and my grandfather and, and about my mom and what, how often they would go there, what they would do for holidays. And that's something where. Life, life is short. You know, we're, we're not guaranteed any more than we got right now than the, really the present moment. For me, I want my kids, my grandkids, my, their grandkids, if they ever go, what was grandpa like? Or what was great grandpa like? I mean, they'll probably be so busy. Who knows what the technology would be back then, you know, or yeah. then, you know, it'll probably be, they'll probably have like a, a floating sidekick next, next to their head at all times. And they'll be able to like <laughs> touch the air. Yeah. Right. It's, it was something we can't even <laughs> imagine and no one will care. Like there was, oh, yeah. what was it? Conan O'Brien. Conan O'Brien had this great story. Yeah. It was, was at Woodrow Wilson's graveyard. And he, he goes, in a hundred years, no one's going to give a shit what you did. <laughs> yeah. I was actually, I was listening to this one podcast, right? Uh, I don't know if you've heard of it. It's called the Gotta Get It podcast. It's, um, it's, you know, run by like some YouTubers. And basically one of, one of the hosts was just talking about how, uh, you know, he, he started recording, like, videos, you know, for his future kids. He doesn't even have kids. He's not even married, right? But he's, like, recording videos right now, kind of just, like, talking, like, being like, hey, kids, you know, uh, this is your father. It still feels weird to say this and stuff like that, right? And uh, kind of just, like, so then, you know, the kids, when they when they grow up, they kind of, they can see their, their father when he was, you know, around their age or when, when he was, you know, still young and in, in his prime you know in his 20s and stuff like that right so then they can kind of have that you know deeper connection rather than just you know hearing stories from their father when they can't really see it right so i think definitely uh whether it be you know writing books or uh shooting videos or uh podcasts whatever it is right i feel like that that's uh, a medium you know a way to have people in the future kind of look back at you and and you know have a deeper connection Absolutely. Nowadays, you have this idea of keeping a digital digital self alive forever. I've seen the idea floating around the internet where now, because of how the videos are and how social media is, the algorithm or the technology is pretty much becoming available where you can just have, when you die, you just can have a digital self, which just looks through like everything you've ever done on social media, computer, whatever. And can essentially like recreate you. I don't want that. I don't want. I don't. I don't want digital ghost me talking to like. And and here's the other thing that assumes anyone's gonna care. Like, why would my great 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 grandkid be like? You know, I'm really not sure what I should do about college. Let's talk to someone who's been dead for 150 <laughs> years and see what they say. Like, why? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, how egotistical yeah, yeah. do you have to be to be like? 
yeah, I'm sure 400 years from now, someone's going to be like, let's check up on uh, digital Eric and see what he's doing. Like they're going to be probably on, they're going to be on Mars. They're, they're, they're yeah. probably not even going to be on earth. So they're not going to worry about that. But uh, where was I going? Yeah. So I, so I had this corporate job and it was too uptight for me and I didn't really want to do it. I thought I wanted to be a lawyer, but I wasn't totally sure. I already, I already graduated law school. I passed the bar but I wasn't practicing. So I got a job in the loop of Chicago with this awesome company, value investment. I thought they had a great theme. I liked the team. Yeah. And I thought, well, I'm in Chicago. I'm in the loop. If I want to network and get a legal job, this is the place to do it. So that's another thing. I had someone, I forgot where I heard this, but might've been, uh, do you know Nassim uh, Taleb? Um, it's like I heard the name before, but I don't think I know him. Who is he? He's a fantastic author. He does not put up with anyone's nonsense on Twitter. He's written some excellent books. I would highly recommend him. And I think one of the things he talks about is essentially like you want to, and one of the things I kind of do for life is like, you want to give yourself as many, as many cracks at success as you can. Like there's, there's yeah. ways to do, there's ways to do luck and there's ways. And, and I think luck is, I think luck's part skill. Like, for example, one of the reasons I wanted to go to Chicago was not only the job. I was at the time I was dating a girl. It was kind of like up in the air. I, I like I really liked her. And then I was like, I don't know, which I don't know what your situation is. But if you're ever in a relationship where you're like, I really like this person, but like, yeah, it's not going to work out. Like, you probably should just <laughs> break up that day. Instead of dragging African. I mean, so anyway, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm not in a relationship right now, right? But, like, I feel like, you know, that's kind of, like, a, a big generalization, especially, you know, with the sense that, like, a lot of the times, you know, like, in relationships, because somebody might take that the wrong way, right? A lot of the time in relationships, you might love somebody so much or you really like them or something, right? And then um, you guys kind of have, like, this time where you're kind of falling off a little bit, right? But I, I wouldn't say, you know you you should end the relationship there right like give it give it some time because you never know like some some people are married for like 10 years right and then they start like kind of having like a fall off but then if they kind of stick through that sometimes i'm not saying always right but sometimes you know they stick through that and then you you find that they're married for the rest of their lives right so yeah that's true i'm i'm very much if if you're if it's in your gut like I, I go with I go with my gut on a lot of things. I, I trust I trust my instincts. And I found in life in general, when I don't trust my instincts, that's when I get burned. Like the and I'm and I'm with you in the sense of if you're going through a rough patch, I think you should try to figure out what's going on and, and work on that. Right. But if deep down you just kind of think, uh, uh Maybe it'll work. I don't know. I, I hope anyone out there that listens to this that's in one of those relationships gives it the best shot they can. But I thought, yeah. okay, well, I'll be in the loop. And if it doesn't work out with her, I'll be surrounded by good-looking, successful women because that's a fairly high-rent district. I, I'm yeah. putting, I was just – I'm like, I'm playing the chances. I'm like, I'm playing my odds. Like, I got this job. I It's a great area. The money's pretty good. I at least have a chance of having a good career there make another career somewhere else. And if the relationship doesn't work, I'm like surrounded by happy, this, you know, clearly this is before the pandemic, you know, I'm surrounded by rooftops and parties everywhere I look, which really yeah. Chicago loop in the summer is fantastic. I, I don't know if you've ever, have you been there? No, I'm actually, I'm in Canada. So I've never, I, uh, the most I've been to America was, uh, 
so I don't know if you know, you know, like uh, Vancouver, right? But there's kind of like a border that's pretty close there. Oh my God, I'm trying to remember the city. Uh, I can't remember it, but it must be in like California or something, right? It's like right next to the Canadian border, right? So that's the most I've gone to uh, like America, right? <laughs> you got, to, I would, uh, I'd highly recommend as soon as this thing ends, maybe plus a yeah. year, just as soon as this ends plus a year, Get to Chicago in the summer. It is so fun. Everyone has a blast. People are like smoking, cigarettes, drinking. Now weed's legal, right? So no one cares what's going on. I'm sure, you know, Canada's probably legal way longer in here. Everyone's just having a great time. I highly recommend it. So I was just like playing the odds. I'm like, okay, I'll do that. And then from there, I, I was there a few years. Uh, I kind of got the feeling, I don't think this is for me. I started doing some volunteer legal work. And then a friend came down and said that the army as lawyers, which is hilarious because I'd seen the movie, a few good men, which have you seen that? No. Great movie. Tom Cruise, Kevin Bacon, Demi Moore, all in their prime. Jack Nicholson. That's the, you ever heard the, you can't handle the truth. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's what that movie's from. Yeah. That's it's from. That movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Tom Cruise, yeah. Tom Cruise gets him to just freak out on the stand. It's, it's like the best, it's one of the best scenes in movie history. And in that movie, Kevin Bacon is an army lawyer. So I don't know. I never like, I guess I was focused on Tom Cruise and his team. Cause they were like, they were Navy lawyers and never, or yeah, he was a Navy lawyer. Never really hit. Mm -hmm. It didn't like register like, Oh, the army has lawyers. I applied for that. And then I started looking at jobs. I went away for army training. Eventually I got in, I went away for training. And then uh, actually before that I got an offer from somewhere, but I was like, Oh, I got this army thing. I let's wait until I get back. And then I got an offer to, while I was away. So I started being the whole, being a lawyer as a, a prosecutor and then also in the army. But then kind of the whole time, again, I, I like to just play play with the odds, play luck. And uh, yeah. I came across Naval Ravikant. Are you familiar with Naval? No. <laughs> oh, wow. You are just, uh, <laughs> Bro, I'm, you're set, just throwing, I'm setting you're you up just, for the rest of just, your life, man. You're just throwing names that I've never heard of, man. He's Naval Ravikant. Find him at, at N-A-V-A-L on Twitter. He's fantastic. He had a pinned tweet, and I'll see. I think it's still on there, but it was, how did I get rich? Uh, what was it? I forgot. Is he like a financial advisor? Or? No, he is an angel investor in Silicon Valley, and he's he's like part he's like part investor, part like monk. Like he's, his advice is awesome, and he had this tweet thread. I'm going to find it right now. Essentially, it was it was just this like it had been in his head for years and he yeah. finally decided to like put it out there. And it's just fantastic. It's like 40, maybe 40 tweets. How to get rich without getting lucky. It's got 51.2 thousand retweets, 132 thousand wow. likes. Yeah. It's 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 just been tweet. It's just like kind of what he had been tweeting for years, but it was really what got him, got him kind of on the map. And when what does it say? Yeah, I mean, there's literally. Here, I'll go through some of them. I'll read you a few of them. So the first one is okay. how to get rich without getting lucky. So here's one: seek wealth, not money or status. Wealth is having assets that earn while you sleep. Money is how we transfer time and wealth. Status is your place in the social hierarchy. He talks a little bit more about that. The idea is, look at what you're doing with the podcast. When you eventually, or if you already have now sponsors, you can create content. You put it out to the internet. 
you do the legwork up front. You have to know the guests. You have to ask questions, put the podcast up. After that, you just let the internet do its thing, and then you make yeah. money off it. It's great. Right. Got, what's, what's he say? Uh, money have assets, earn while you sleep. So money is how we transfer time and wealth. Think about that from a perspective of people talk about you know money is the root of all evil. I think it can be, but if you have enough of that asset, you don't. You can kind of pick and choose how you do things with your time. So one of the things I try to do, and this is from Naval, is he says like set your hourly rate. So for whatever, like he says, set it super high. I think his was like five thousand bucks an hour. So he's like, eventually I'll be paid five thousand dollars an hour for what I'm doing. And if any yeah. task someone asks you to do that is under that threshold, you just say no. So one of the things I've got it from it is I don't return things anymore. I I just don't. So if I buy something that's 10 or 20 bucks and it'll take me an hour to return it, I'm not returning it. I'm just going to lug it with me or throw it away because I look at my time as being more valuable than that trip to Target. And then the other part he has is status is your place in the social hierarchy. One of the things about Twitter that you start to, it's one of those things, once you see it, you can't unsee it. It's all pretty much status games. Like, especially with politics, it's very statusy. It's It's like you're trying to, a lot of times people are trying to cut each other down in, in terms of trying to get up to a different spot. Like Naval talks about how everyone can be wealthy and everyone can be happy. Yeah. But only one person can be president. Only one person can be senator of Utah. You And so there's this like, and you, you see it on Twitter too, right? You can see it between, especially now where you have the, this cultural battle going on. And I don't care what anyone says, go on Twitter. Like people are at each other's throats nonstop. I mean, I follow like fairly, I'd say some of them are fairly moderate people. Like they're really not even like the side they're on is more like cop, like trying to like more like logical, not really a political side. And if they even tilt to one side, the other one just dives in in the comments and they're like, oh yeah, you're doing this again, blah, blah, blah. And then if they reverse course, then the other side jumps in and they're like, oh yeah, you were just wait, you were just baiting us in here, huh? Like you don't have a spine. It's like, it's crazy. The internet's nuts. Yeah. I did that. Did you get nervous before you decided to do your podcast? Like what if this thing, you know, like just, I guess, what, what were your thoughts before you went in? Yeah, so uh, I've actually been thinking about this lately because uh, of the launch of season two, right? I took such a big hiatus, um, but I'll, I'll talk about, you know, when I first started the podcast first, and I'll talk about season two. So um, when I first started the podcast, right, I actually, I started off like, you know, just randomly. What, what happened was like one of um, somebody that I consider my mentor, right? He... Um, he was like this, he asked my friend group, he's like, does anybody know how to make a podcast, right? So I'm like, I, I'd i been seeing like some ads for like, you know, uh, a podcast, like hosting site and all this. And I'm like, okay, let, let me just try, right? So I go, I make an account and then I, I recorded some like one minute thing where I just, I blabbled away, right? I just said some dumb stuff, right? And then I, uh, I posted it. Next day I see it's up on Spotify and it's like going up on Google Podcasts and all this. And I'm like, what the heck? Like, what's going on, right? Like I... I recorded basically, you know, just me saying nonsense and now I see it everywhere, right? <laughs> it's, so, it's surreal. It's surreal, right? Yeah, you know, like, it, exactly. I heard, you I heard you talking about it and your, your, your uh, 
season two intro. I think it was your season two intro, or maybe it was the one podcast where you're talking about podcasts, but you know, like you see yourself yeah. on Spotify and you're like, what am I doing on this? This doesn't look right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, I, when I saw that, I was like, wait, so this is actually serious. You know, like I can actually record stuff and have it up out, like, you know, to the public and stuff. So I'm like, you know, I, I re-recorded an intro, which is a pretty lame intro now that I think about it, but it doesn't matter. I re-recorded an intro, right? And uh, right away, I just started podcasting, and I'll, I'm going to admit, I wasn't even nervous, like, in the beginning or anything. Uh, and thank God, you know, uh, the feedback I got for the podcast was really good and all that. But then um, I took a five or, or a six-month break from podcasting, from season one to season two, right? for school and uh coming back man i i had like i'd been really really missing podcasting right but coming back i was so nervous like you know why i was nervous because i felt you know like that now the algorithm is not going to be in my favor right where it's like you're supposed to like keep posting consistently so now i'm like you know my listeners probably like dropped off and uh, it's not going to be you know accepted as much and all this and like look at this guy like trying to podcast you know like after this long of a break and all that right so it, it didn't really occur to me in the first uh season right but season two yeah but I'm, I'm sure you know you probably had something similar to with uh with your podcast against the green right yes because you get i think you get these ideas in your head and i, I don't remember your guest's name he was he was another podcaster he's talking about youtube has an algorithm and you just kind of hit on it i think with oh, yeah, podcasting Blake. yeah there's just like for some reason we have this like FOMO that like we have to do an episode every week or the world is going to end. Like if we don't do this, the algorithm is going to kick us out. We're going to have no friends. Like only 40 people will listen to this episode. It's cut. Yeah. It's like old school tribalism. Like back in, you know, back in, you know, a hundred thousand years ago, you had to, you know, you, if you got kicked out of the tribe, like that was it. Like now it's like, if the algorithm turns on you, what will you do? Right. I, I think that we need to collectively as a group get over that. Like one of the, I, I fall into that trap and I and you can even if you go through my podcast, I think you can tell the ones that I really put the time into and you can tell the ones where I was like, Yeah, I think I know enough. And I do a combination of I'll interview people, I'll do one offs. Like one of the things I I don't know when this will air, but uh Vern I wanna do Vern you where I'm gonna talk about like life lessons I've learned and how oh, yeah. How I've done things like that because I eventually want to have maybe like an educational course of just like life skills of like why you know what happens when you are drunk all the time like yeah you know, hey if you're can you know, I or like, can I mention please do sorry I cut you off go ahead <laughs> no you no, what were you gonna say I was saying can I mention the old name of your uh, podcast yeah please do yeah uh, it was laugh and learn with Vern right so when I yeah when I opened it up like it. It kind of it gave me a good vibe when like you know when uh, we like talked about you being a guest and all this right. So I checked out your podcast and then um, when I opened it up, it, it was such like a different vibe than most podcasts. You know where it was kind of like, you know, th- this guy is kind of like a jack of all trades, and at the same time he's like you know he's 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 not like uh, uptight and stuff, right? And he's uh, trying to teach people, but at the same time be funny, right? So that that was something that kind of it, it attracted me to your podcast, and I think. Uh, it's a cool thing with your podcast. Not really Thank related you. to what we were just saying there, but yeah. <laughs> I well, that's very nice of you to say, and I I appreciate that you took the time to even look into that. I I, I mean, I'm on your podcast. By the way, I owe you a, a thank you. I'm this is the first podcast I've ever 
been on. Normally, I'm on the oh, other. Oh no end. way! Yeah, yeah, I'm really excited. That's uh, <laughs> why I was I'm like, honored, you know, I'm honored. Honored. well, yeah. Was, uh, <laughs> I I try to yeah. So the idea, the reason I'm shifting to against the grain. So again, I don't know if this is going to air, but this is right now. Uh, it's I'm like in transition to it. And the reason is like, that's kind of what I've done my whole life is like, I go against conventional wisdom and I'm willing to bet big on myself. And the way I like to do that, and, and that's, so the laugh and learn thing was, I still want, I, I want to do that within the podcast. Like, I think that is a good yeah. way to do that, but I want to focus on people that take chances and do things that are different. Like, for example, I'll go right into one of my biggest things, problems with the pandemic right now. I think that we're teaching people that germs are bad. I'm not saying COVID isn't awful. My my uncle had it. He's, it was like two weeks where he was just like fever, awful. I know yeah. it can leave. It can lead to death. I know there's a lot of, I'm so this is not a, this is not saying COVID's fake. COVID is very real. It's terrifying. Like I've already got the first vaccine. I'm lucky enough. I'm getting the second one in a couple of weeks. Like Thank goodness. Oh, for science. You, is it because are you uh, what what phase are you guys in 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 America or where you're at in the vaccine? I'm getting it because for my job in the state's attorney's office, I am considered law enforcement. Oh wow! I have a badge. Look at you, okay. man. <laughs> I have, yeah, I got a. I have a badge, Bilal. No way. Yeah, I actually don't know where it is. I really need to find that. I moved, I moved offices. Wait, you... I have no idea where my badge is. <laughs> Come on, Eric. Get it together, man. How are you going to lose the badge? It's somewhere. I don't have that many places to be. So it has to be either my apartment, which is like down the street, or or it's probably in my office. But uh, So, yeah. yeah so, I, again, so my, my, one of my issues with how COVID's been treated is that now it's like I, I think that this – it's going to take a few years to unravel – Everyone just being like germs, bad germs are you need to, to interact with them to build your immune system, because if you don't do those yeah. things, you're going to fight itself and it's going to turn on itself. And I and I don't have all the science to back this up, especially not right now in front of me. But autoimmune diseases, I think one of the reasons for them is that people don't get enough exposure to the elements. And if you think about like people are too comfortable. So let's just do a let's do a day in Eric's 18 year old life. So Eric yeah. would wake up and go to he'd wake up in his house. It'd probably be like actually I used to live in a, I would live in the basement. That's where my room was. Which when you're 18 and you have a walkout basement, that's sweet. When you're 26 and you live in a walkout basement, you're a loser. Anyways, <laughs> so so I'm 18, right? I got but it would be like 65, 70 degrees, whatever. My dad likes to keep the He's a stereotypical, like, while well, I'm paying the heat, like, I'm keeping it low. So I'd wake up, but it was, like, moderate temperature, right? Then I'd take a warm shower. Then i drive. I, I was lucky enough, I had a car, so i drive to school. Yeah. Probably, if it was warm, AC, you know, roll down the windows, I probably never had AC. And if it was cold, put the heat on. And then I get to school. School's heated. School's not going to be, you know, there was, like, do you remember, like, in high school, there was, like, that one day, when it was like they didn't they didn't know what to do with like like, the, like it was like April and like they didn't want to turn the furnace off because it was warm but they didn't know if it was gonna stay warm so like you'd have that one day a year where it was like eighty five oh, yeah. degrees in the school <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. or like the yeah or like the one day in November when it was like 50, 55, 60, 31, and there was no heat on and everyone was shivering all day yeah like outside of that. Like the school's 70, right? Or like 60, you know, but around 70. So then you go to school, you're around people, but 
it's a temperature controlled environment. You go outside maybe for gym class, whatever. Then you, if you play a sport, fine. But if not, like for example, I, I played soccer and football in the fall and then I didn't do anything in the winter. Well, I just either go to work a job or go home. Well, then I'm in a temperature controlled environment again. So where outside of interacting with people, where am I giving my body a reason to to work my immune system? Where am I working anything? So one of the, another person I'll drop on you is uh, Wim Hof. I don't know if he's popular in Canada. He is this, I don't know if he's Danish or he's, we'll just say European. And they call me yeah. Iceman. And, Wim, and his big thing is using breathing, deep breathing. And the oh, is that the guy that lives in like Antarctica or something? Probably. If, if he's like kind of, he's got a beard. He looks like someone that would spend all day in the wilderness. <laughs> yeah. And he, it's like a white beard, right? And it's pretty big. Yes. Yeah. You know exactly. Yeah. I know about. the guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like if you were to pick him out of a police lineup and you're like, who do you think spends all their time meditating in the snow? You'd be like, it's that guy. <laughs> yeah. He looks the part. He talks about how you want to challenge your body and you want to do things to get out of your comfort zone. So that's one of the things I like about why I'm, and I've, oh, I, and I, I used to not be like that in like certain ways, but uh, I was always like, I would, uh, what should I think of something when I was younger? Oh, so I've always kind of been a little bit of a prankster. When I was younger, yeah. uh, sophomore year of high school, we or so I said, we'd have study hall. So I don't know, and I I can't get a gauge on you. I have to ask you this: Are you? I don't know if you have, you don't have to say your age if you want to, but are you just getting into college now, like just starting it, like eighteen? Yeah, yeah. That's good for you, man. That's awesome. I'm glad you're doing <laughs> Thank this. Thank you. You're doing you're doing. Thank you for eighteen, man. That's awesome. I appreciate By the way, it. How do you know? I'm actually turning eighteen too. I'm not even eighteen yet. Not even eighteen yet. Yeah, well, this, is a, this, is a, this is the first podcast I've been on. And this is also the first podcast I've been on where I could literally be your father because I am 34 years old. <laughs> no, you're good, man. Don't when you put it that way, it sounds so weird. <laughs> yeah, but no, I, uh, you know, oh you, you would, I would, if you had told me you're mid 20s, 30, I would have had, had no idea. You, you're doing great, uh, Lee. Yeah, thank you. How do you, you know Lee? How do you know Lee Hopkins? You're welcome. Yeah, um. So I I made like a guest on my podcast, Google form, and then I shared it on a Reddit group, right? And a bunch of people filled it out and Lee was one of them. So I just, I, you know, I, I liked what he was talking about and I, you know, I told him to come on and yeah, he connected me with you and some other people. He's great at that. He's very good yeah. at connecting people. He's very, yeah, I like Lee a lot. I, I met Lee through Toast. So you shared through Reddit. Interesting. Yeah. What did, what did you What did you target? Um, so it was kind of, you know, my my podcast is kind of like, as you can like by the name, you know, anything goes. It's kind of like where I I like to bring on people right who kind of have like different stories and uh, can can kind of keep like a good discussion going, right? So a lot of the time, like I I had like a bunch of people reply to like the Google form, right? And I had a bunch of questions there as well. And those questions kind of, they, they were meant to like, you know, show me if that person would be suitable, uh, right. W would like, uh, w would be what I want to have on my podcast. Right. So, um, a lot of the people, I, I only pick like maybe like five people out of, you know, a, a large amount of people that actually replied to that. Right. And because, you know, a lot of the time people are like, 
they everybody has good stories i i don't mean you know to like shame anybody or anything you know everybody has sure. a story and everybody has uh you know good things about them right but a lot of time it's like it's not really a podcast you know it's not it's not really something that i would want to like record a podcast on right or like put out to the public it's kind of like you know we, we can like discuss this by ourselves or something right but it's not like i'm gonna you know let people you know listen for like an hour or, or around that right where it's just like talking about something that's not that engaging right so it's kind of like it, it, yeah i i don't know if uh, my point's coming across here but yeah i totally get it that's something i struggle with too because like i'm at this crossroads now where i'm, I'm like I, at first it was okay i want to find guests that i think have an interesting story to tell and i and i knew a bunch of my life and that was one of the reasons i started is that i'm like a lot of my friends have really kind of fun stuff that they're doing and i want to share that yeah but also i've never podcasted i don't really know anyone i, I don't you know I, I don't know if i can get any big name guests yeah. and the other thing i kind of thought about is well, you don't know what you're doing and there's, you don't have to like have, you know, the world will put you down if you give it enough time and opportunity. So you don't need to shame yourself, but if you've never done it before, maybe start small, work with people, you know, get feedback from them, see if, you know, what people like to listen to, and then maybe build an audience from there. So for example, you know, right now when I send emails, I can say, Hey, I really like what you're doing here. I have this podcast. I've got X amount of thousands of downloads. I'd love to have you on blah, blah, blah. And at least like now, yeah. like now I have social credibility. You know, I can say I've got this many downloads. I've had certain people on that are recognizable. And would, you know, like for example, right. the, like, like you talk about the moment where you're like, Oh, I'm on Spotify. That's it's like where Miley Cyrus is like, I'm, I'm on Spotify. I had uh doctor, right. You're like, wow. Like I, I can yeah. listen to call me someone can have call me maybe on and then listen to my podcast i don't know in right. what order <laughs> i had do, uh, dr avi loban and he's an astrophysicist from harvard and he wrote this awesome wow. book it's about uh it's called uh umuamua and it was this at, and i've been tracking it for years so one of my side hobbies is i, I love reading about space i'm very interested in anything alien related I'm a total conspiracy theorist guy on that. I don't like something's up with Area 51. It's, I, I know that it's government, so it's probably, I don't know. I have my suspicions. I don't yeah. know what the answer is, but like there's always just something. I don't know. I just, there's something weird. And maybe it's not aliens, but like we're up to something. Anyways, I, I love a good conspiracy yeah. theory. I, I, now, I don't think JFK was shot behind the grassy knoll. I've been to that area, I've seen it. I think the guy just honestly was good with a rifle. Unfortunately for JFK, but uh, I don't know. Something about aliens. I don't know. Like, right? Do you? Are we alone? Isn't that like a huge? It's a huge deal, right? We have no idea. Well, maybe yeah. some of those. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so, I'm gonna admit I'm not really into much uh, conspiracy theories, but like, I I know a bunch of people who are into it, you know. So, yeah. The the some of them can be really fun. I I think it's like and it's interesting yeah. to just like talk about right because you know you'll hear people true true, and they'll be like oh like I'm no conspiracy theorist but then they're like yeah I'm pretty sure my house is haunted you're like yeah that's a cons that's a conspiracy that ghosts exist you're just not framing it like that and they're like no no spirits are real but but yeah. you know you thinking aliens exist is crazy whatever 
that he came on and he, he had this and he and I and I like the idea of him not just laughing learning but it's against the grain thinking he's an against against the grain thinker in that what he was developing a project they're called light sales and what they're what they're trying to do with them is they're these very small microchips but they have cameras on and they're trying to find a way with a laser to beam them like literally send them out into I think it's called Alpha Centauri it's like the nearest system star system that might have life it's like i don't know like oh, wow. 10 20 light years away and they're trying to beam them there to take pictures and see what they can find and then i don't know how they come back but whatever he figured it yeah. out yeah how does the light go that far anyways that's uh incredible yeah right i know i'm like it, it's interesting i'm like maybe i should have paid more attention in physics class <laughs> I mean, this is like Harvard and Oxford level. This is not, you know. Yeah, this is this is a guy who's invited over and had dinner with Stephen Hawking. Like, this isn't this isn't the normal wow. human being. Yeah, and that was a crazy story too. That was that was a really fun podcast. He and then, but he, he talks about how the properties from what he was working on seem to carry over into this mysterious Uamua Umumua object. Newspapers kind of painted it as this like cigar shaped rock. He was like, that can't be it. Like, that's not it. And he, he essentially, his theory is it's pro it was probably discarded alien technology, or it was essentially put there as like a marker because our solar system or the Milky Way, like, is moving. So it kind of yeah. would be, it could almost be like, hey, like, this is coming your way. But he thinks it's one of those two because it, it exhibits all these properties. And he's been, People went against him immediately. They were like, can't be aliens because X, Y, and Z. But he would use what he, his training and he would say, look at these, look at the properties this thing exhibited. Look at its path. Look at what it did. What have we ever seen that can explain that? And it was, and it was just a really fast, it's a great book. It's called Extraterrestrial. Highly recommend it. And the book itself is excellent because it ties in his family life like growing up and like how all that kind of, how all that shaped his thinking. Yeah. It, it's yeah, it's excellent read. And he, but it's just like, he just, he, he, and he's willing to stand out there and say, I'm looking at this from this angle, prove me wrong. And there's like maybe one or two competing theories, but they're essentially things that we've never seen in the galaxy before, which doesn't mean they don't exist. Was it absence of proof is not proof of absence. So we don't know if they don't exist. But it's it just doesn't make like for example one of them's like oh it's a it was a uh, a hydrogen comet or something like that because it doesn't emit anything but he's like well it's like scientifically that like doesn't even work it's not saying like it like it literally like doesn't even seem like that can work so it's just a really yeah. fascinating uh it's just a really fascinating guy and I don't even remember what we were talking about. <laughs> I've told I do this all the time. It's like my girlfriend is talking about something. I'll start ranting. I'll be like, "What, Michael? The dinner? Is that, was that where this started? I have no idea." Oh wait, um, I think you were talking about. Oh yeah, when you like uh, email people, right, with uh, telling them like yeah. I've had these certain people and all downloads and all this. Yeah, and yeah, so it's it it, uh, and when you're doing any when you're putting yourself out there, it's a little scary and. At first, I think it's mm -hmm. good to build with people you know, and then like, you've ex you did it right away. It sounds like you just you just are like I'm just gonna do this, which is great. That's yeah. probably the way to do it. Don't think don't think too Thank much you. about it.
But yeah, the, uh, the you know, going back to what I was talking about earlier, Duvall, like he talks about doing podcasts, right? Books, uh, put yourself out there because ultimately I, I love being a lawyer and I love serving my country. I, I evolve, people evolve all the time. I'm insanely yeah. different than I was 10 years ago. I'll probably be way different in 10 years from now. I've, uh, I have a, I have a great girlfriend. We have a baby on the way, which is perfect. This is, oh, uh, congrats. Thank you. Yeah, we're we're both super excited. Uh, coming in, uh, boy or girl. June. She knows. I do not. Oh, is it a secret? I initially said yes because I'm, and then my mom like made fun of me about it, and I'm like, you know what, mom? Now I don't want to know, and I'll just wait it out. But then my girlfriend was like, you know, it'd be kind of nice because you can't like do anything right now because everything is either you know boy or girl related. And I said, yeah. okay, well, that, so when I get back, um, I'm on a trip right now. So when I get back from that, mm. I'm she's gonna she's gonna tell me. So so it'll be good, um, and I'm excited for that. But uh, I just don't know where I'll be in ten years. And I I love what I'm doing now. And as you know, it's it's a hustle to do all this. I mean, I uh, really I, I, I looked at your you know, and it's funny because when you're in when you're in this, you get how much work it is. So like one of the first things I knew that you were serious is because I looked at your picture and it was good. It was like a high quality. I'm like, he obviously either knows how to do Photoshop really well, or he hired someone to to do that for like a couple hundred bucks. But either way, he spent time to do that. So he yeah, clearly yeah. cares. And yeah, thank you. I appreciate uh, you know you realizing that. And definitely, uh, uh, my dad. He actually he's uh, you know he's kind of into photography and stuff. So he has like a professional camera. And then um, you know. We kind of we just like we like we took that picture and I thought of the idea and then I went and I put it into Photoshop like you said and then I, I you know I watched like some YouTube videos just so I could you know learn how to edit it nicely, and yeah. Of course. <laughs> every every yeah. podcaster starts on a YouTube channel, right? Start searching for how to do a podcast. Definitely. What equipment do I want and how do I do this? Like that's something I kind of I got my laptop. Uh, I usually use. I bought a, or first I bought a microphone. I was only doing audio and then people were like, well, you should do Zoom. So then I started doing Zoom, put it on YouTube. But it's, it's funny though, because now like in my head, like ultimately I think quality. So I got, what I'm going to slow down to do is I'm going to do one, my goals every, I'm going to do one every two weeks. I'm going to do the whole slow, yeah. steady, steady as fast or slow as smooth, smooth as fast kind of deal because I got caught up in the algorithm and I was trying to put out something or one or two a week. Like I'd have a guest a week and then I would do, I'd do a five minute Friday. Yeah. And I was doing that for a while, but it was, it was exhausting and I wasn't doing that. And then I'm like, well, I'll, I want to, you, you, right. It's like, you gotta, you gotta find people. You gotta look into them. You want to have a good conversation. Like, you, you know, you're, you do a great job of that. That's one of the things I, I know I need to work on is being better at just having a conversation. Like sometimes I think I get, like I've got these questions and I think they're so good and uh, I want to like ask things and layer in jokes yeah. and it probably would just come anyways if I just talk like like Rogan right people t people yeah. talk about Joe Rogan he's I would say he's probably the gold standard in podcasting especially since you know Spotify paid him you know, 100 plus million bucks if you listen yeah, to him yeah right isn't that crazy well that's one of the reasons I got into it too is I was like you know, if someone wants to pay me a million bucks to talk to people, I'm going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, I'll talk yeah, I'll talk definitely. to a random person on the street. I will literally walk up to someone and say, how was your day? No one's paying me for that. If someone wants to pay me yeah. for this, are you kidding me? 
You don't want to pay me, right? But anyways, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, do you use uh, I forgot. Do you use Anchor? Yeah. Do you use? You can. Yeah, I use. Well, I thought you know I Anchor does a. It's easy, right? You just like yeah. put it up there, and then they send it out to everyone. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I think that once we get big enough. Right. Once you get big enough, then we'll probably do something different and you hire people and it's all that kind of jazz. But yeah, you know, with Rogan, he's so smooth. Like you listen to him talk and it's just like he he seems like he's known these people for like 100 years. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, man, like um, he's probably he's like the highest in in podcasting and like, you know, on any charts, I'm pretty sure he's always like ranked, you know, in the top there, like top, you know, probably 10 every single time. Oh yeah, he's just he's so. That's the thing that strikes me about him is, he's just so so smooth, and he just like it just it just flows naturally, and that's, I think that's really I think a lot of people they they want to hear that they don't want this. Actually, I don't know what people want. I don't know what I'm talking about, but I like it. I like hearing. <laughs> yeah. I, what do I know about people? Like I, you, people are so <laughs> it's so funny. Uh, you know, like we all we'll talk to people. We right. We think we know what's in their head. We don't have any idea what's going on. I can't tell you how many times in life I've just been blindsided yeah. by a situation where I was like, oh, this is totally the right thing to do. And like a day later, someone's like, why would you think I wanted to do that? And you're like, well, I can spend 20 minutes explaining the whacked out stuff going on in my head or I could just apologize and move on. It's up to yeah. you. Yeah. 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 I feel you, man. But, you know, um, right. we talked a, a lot right now, so I want to get to... um some of like some questions that i had you know um yeah please yeah so you know when whenever since the second i heard you know that you were like a lawyer and stuff you know the first image that came to my mind was um you know saul goodman from better call saul <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> or from breaking bad right yeah and then uh yeah so so like i actually i wanted to um to go into law which is obviously that's like um you can't go directly right you need like a undergrad first so uh maybe in the future but uh but you know t tell me a little bit about that you know how you like um you know what you do and uh what what types of people you know that you defend or you accuse I, I don't know what you do exactly if you're a defendant or a prosecutor or what are you i'm a prosecutor i am not saul goodman i am the opposite of that i really do <laughs> i do try to I, I think that prosecutors serve a very important role in the judicial process. They yeah. not only defend the state and those that cannot defend themselves, whether they, for whatever reason, but they also afford defendants rights. And one of the biggest things I think that people, they forget that. And I think that it's easy, especially with the internet, right? I, people get canceled now and there's this big, you know, yeah. people say or did something wrong back then and now they can't. Like, to me, that's such a disgrace because people should always be able to tell their side of the story. And they and that, like, as a lawyer, I I truly believe that everyone deserves their day in court. I don't care how bad they're accused of doing it. I don't care if it's so blatantly obvious. They deserve that because if it's so easy, then make the state prove it. Make the states go through every legal measure to prove that yes, this person did this beyond a reasonable doubt. And I think everyone deserves that. And I think everyone deserves to appeal that. And I I really do, I do believe in the system. And I think that prosecutors, and when, and when you hear about rogue prosecutors or doing things that are kind of like, eh, 
that really bothers me because it gives a bad name to a bunch of really hardworking people that quite frankly yeah. don't really make that much money. Like I, I'm in a county really? that's fantastic. Yeah, pros- yeah. If you want to get rich, being a prosecutor is not the way to do it. What you do is you work as a prosecutor in like a county, and then you just dis- and then you become a federal prosecutor. And then after that, you go work for a big law firm or you start your own. That's where you make the real money. Is you go, well, I have 20 years experience prosecuting at the misdemeanor, felony, and federal level. I've tried white collar crime. So that that's where the money is. It's like. Yeah. It's not it's not going after El Chapo, it's defending El Chapo. Now, I wouldn't recommend defending a cartel member. Not that I'm not I, yeah, I just personally, I just would be uncomfortable with it because I feel yeah. like they probably pay well, but if you don't get the result, Unethical. I don't want to Well, I, I just I well, yeah, obviously where's the money coming from? That's a great question, but also yeah. like Let's say you are defending someone who's like a drug kingpin, and let's say you don't do a good job. Like, are you going to wake up the next day? <laughs> yeah, true. I, I did you ever? Do you ever feel? Yeah. Um, did you ever kind of have like? You're not a like defendant, right? But did you ever? Um, do you ever kind of feel you know uh, scared for your life? You know, after some court trials, or has that never happened? When I started. I had a great supervisor who unfortunately passed away about a month ago. She was fantastic. And Brenda Quaddy. And I asked her that. I said, like, do you ever get worried? Cause she, she goes out, she was a major, major prosecutor. She was like the head of the arson prosecutions for Winnebago County. She was a yeah. badass, like total badass. And I was like, do you ever like get worried about that? And she's like, no, the only two lawyers that have ever been killed in Winnebago County were defense attorneys. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> Wow. I mean, I suppose there's a first for yeah. everything. But yeah, it was one guy. <laughs> I don't remember the one story, but the guy was like shoveling his driveway and his client, I don't know what, I don't know if the guy was on a bail or what, but his client went up right behind him and shot him right in the back of the head. Wow. Sad. Yeah, it is pretty messed up. So I don't worry. Uh, I, I think that they, I think that, I think everyone kind of leaves prosecutors alone. So that's why yeah. I said, you know, that for money wise, you want to defend like the biggest high profile cases. But on the other hand, if those go south, I don't know. I, maybe not. You know what? I, I don't want to speak bad, especially about cartels, but maybe they're all, maybe everyone <laughs> plays on the scene, right? Not, not what I'm trying to do here. If anyone hears this, like I'm, I'm staying out of that mix. Uh, I obviously believe in the laws and the laws of the United States, but I'm not uh, trying to get on a bad list here. Maybe maybe everyone just maybe that it's just how it is, right? Maybe Winnebago County yeah. just had one or two people. It just didn't go well. Maybe that's how it is. But uh, generally speaking, uh, I think that they they do play a great role. And if you like talking, if you like writing, for example, I'll tie this into I wrote a book called Ten Scientifically Proven Ways That Steve Jobs Went Against the Grain. Available on Amazon and Barnes and Noble, ebook and paperback. If you like writing, yeah, I wanted to get into like, that. So. Yeah. Okay. So Sorry. if you like writing yeah. and talking like you do, it's not, if you like writing, I, I know you like to talk, but if you like writing, I'd highly recommend at least looking into law school because it'll force you to be a better writer and a better thinker. Yeah. And then going into law, like you have to prove something in law. You can't just be an internet critic accusing someone of something and saying, you know, blah, 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 10 years ago. Like you have to yeah. meticulously step-by-step step, convince a jury that doesn't know anything that this happened. 
and you have to you do it using a certain set of rules and you have a competitor that ha will try to go against you yeah how do you how do you get cases in uh you know as a prosecutor like how do you get assigned cases or do you pick your cases there's so much crime in Winnebago county it's not even funny they just wow off. like I, yeah I, I had at one point like once well uh yeah just they just it just happens like you will never if as a prosecutor unless you're in a county of two people there will always be something to do well if you want wow. experience in reps like that's the reason i went into what i did is because i'm like well i think i want to do this uh let's get let's get as many reps as we can let's get the experience so that's why i went the county i went into because i think pound for pound with the population it's like one of the highest crime rates in the state of illinois and probably the country which is bad wow. and we want to work on that but for a prosecutor, great way to get experience. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Is uh, what's uh, can I ask? What's the like uh, highest profile case? I guess, or you know, the the like uh, most dangerous case maybe you you worked on. I'm too new in my career, my man. Uh, nothing really. I've got oh yeah. How long have you I been a uh, lawyer? I've been a, well. I've only been a prosecutor for about seven months. Oh wow. Yeah. So I'm I'm. I, yeah, I'm still doing uh, baby misdemeanor cases, which are serious, but not, I haven't done any high profile. Like, for example, there's a case going on right now in, in Winnebago County where, uh, mm -hmm. if you Google, his name's uh, Duke Webb. And uh, I'm not, I, it's he. It's essentially, he's a military guy, walked into a bar, really horrific, shot up the bar, killed at least three people, wounded a bunch of others. It's, it's, it's a tragedy. It's an absolute tragedy. I'm not like, I'm not on that case. Like, I wouldn't be on that case for years. Like, that's a very serious yeah very serious you know horrible 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 um incident and we have like the finest people in the office in that. so i'm still a baby prosecutor i'm still learning all the rules and that's the, that's the way it should be you don't want me i mean i would throw myself into the case don't get me wrong but like yeah you know think of it you know think if if i you know i've been doing seven months his attorney's probably done that for 20 years his defense attorney's done for 20 years like you need someone of that of that level to be able to handle right. that kind of case because it's so high profile. It's going to be in the news. However, stick it out a few more years, be a felony attorney. I'm sure I'll, next time I'm on here, hopefully I'll have something to, uh, something to talk about, but uh, yeah, nothing, nothing yet, but we're working towards it. We're definitely working towards it. Yeah, that's all good, man. You're still, you know, you're, you're out there still doing the work, you know, and uh, you know, just climbing that ladder and, you know, not not many people can say they're they're a lawyer or a prosecutor, or, you know, all that. So, yeah, it's uh, it's it's an honor to do that. It's really cool. I'm 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 so blessed that I get to do that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, what attracted you to it? Was it the writing, or was there something else? The writing the book was just because I like to be a goofball and put myself out there, and I'm trying to do something different in the space. But I, the the lawyer part was especially prosecutor, I like the competition. I like the idea of like public speaking. Mm -hmm. I like having my I like skin in the game, really having something on the line. I think that's a big, big issue, especially with internet mobs and even some politicians today is that they can do things that have far reaching repercussions and then they just leave office. And it's just like, oh, well, oh, well. Or you're making an anonymous Twitter account you harass a company to not sell someone's book. They don't sell that book. You just go to bed. Like there's no skin in the game. And I, I don't have a lot of respect for people that have no skin in the game. Like you 
have skin in the game. You have a podcast. This is you. Yeah. This is you talking. If you say something crazy, if you do something outlandish, actually it might work out for you. But <laughs> right yeah I yeah know. i mean I, with I, the way things go honestly you know you, you can say some like crazy stuff and then that that just gives you know all the exposure you need kind of <laughs> yeah right yeah and then you just a couple years later you're like that was a different time yeah i'm sure I, I i i see things differently yeah you know you, you could google yeah. great apologies and just rip one of those off almost word for word <laughs> i like the competition i like public speaking i like the idea of the skin in the game like i am i am there i'm live i you know and what what i what i say and do matters and if i yeah. have you know i'm if i have a, a domestic violence case and i screw that up i potentially put that victim in harm's way because i had a job to do to give this person who allegedly committed this crime the repercussion for committing that crime and i had the facts and I had all the evidence I needed, and I couldn't convince a jury of that. And at the end of the day, if yeah. I blow that, that's on me. And that's a serious repercussion. Because violence, yeah. especially domestic violence, is a, a scoundrel of, of crimes. It's horrible. And especially domestic violence, I'm reading a book about it right now, where you know it's really the only crime where you go home and the perpetrator's in your living room. Yeah, you know, you, that's, you get, that's really sad. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah, you get robbed at gunpoint. You don't go home and they're just sitting there with with your wallet and a gun. Yeah, I can only imagine. You know uh, the the you know like the kind of guilt one must feel. You know, like if they uh, you know they kind of were supposed to uh, they were working on a case and they were supposed to kind of you know uh, persuade the jury or like show them the evidence and you know get them to agree and um, and you you know like the prosecutor really you know believes that the person's in the wrong, but you know, you can't, you weren't able to convince uh, the jury that, you know, when you go home, that that must feel, um, you know, uh, like, like such a heavy weight on the, on the person, right? I think you have to be able to separate. You have to try to separate the two as much as you can. I haven't had a yeah. very weighty, I haven't had like a super weighty case. So come back to me on that one. But I think you have to, at the end of the day, if you did what you can, I think you have to just go, I did my best and we have to leave it at that because if you don't, it's like with anything in life, like guilt is such a nasty feeling, especially if it's undeserved. I think a lot of people put right. guilt on themselves for things and you have to, you have to go, I did my best and it, like, with podcasts, right? You listen to yourself. Yeah. I've listened to myself and I'm like, sound like that, but I do. That's my voice and it is what it is. And I should be happy I have a voice. A lot of people can't talk. A lot of people can't hear. A lot of people have, you know, I'm very blessed that I can even to talk like this. So at the end of the day, like, be grateful. 100%. Right? And I, I feel grateful that I even get the opportunity. And, you know, if I blow a deadline or if I just completely screw up a case, you know what? Uh, take some time. Feel that pain. And then and then come back stronger. One of the things I've kind of cut back on a lot is drinking. And one of the reasons is... I want to, to feel, I want to feel stuff. I want to feel, I want to feel the cold. If I go in the ice, I want to feel the, the excitement of finding out I'm having a boy or a girl. I don't want to be numb to it. And again, I, I will still go out with my friends once this opens up, I, you know, you're yeah. under, you know, whatever to each their own, but like, you know, I want to feel that. And so if, you know, when I win a case, 
I want I want to feel that that rush of like, wow, like we we did our part. But if I lose it, I want to soak all that in too because that's going to be my motivation to go. Yeah, I'm tired. I'm working on this thing, but remember the last time? Remember that? Remember when you thought you had it in the bag? And remember when you watched that scumbag walk right out of the courtroom? Alleged scumbag, excuse me. <laughs> remember. Yeah. Gotta say alleged, right? Everyone is innocent <laughs> until proven guilty. Another issue I have with internet mobs, they jump on people, to inter- you know, innocent until proven guilty. So just like I was talking about earlier with the, you know, the the drug lords, cartels, whatever, they are all innocent until proven guilty. I fully believe that. I don't care what anyone says. They all deserve their day in court. And they deserve to have the finest representation that they have. They can because that's how we keep society together. If we just start throwing people willy-nilly in jail and not giving them and, and giving them whatever sentences, then we're heathens. And we deserve all the yeah, bad true. things I, our way. Yeah, I agree. Um, You know, like there, there's so many times maybe, you know, uh, that the person committed a crime, right? And it's so obvious, like, you know, they they committed it, right? But at the same time, I feel like um, kind of like what you were talking about, like the society will fall apart, right? If if some people, we just throw them right into jail and others, you know, they actually get a trial because then, you know, the, the law should apply to everybody the same, right? So everybody should, if, you know, if you want to throw everybody who you think is, you know, <laughs> a criminal in jail, then, you know, like... So be it, but then that that would have to obviously don't do that. But you know th- that would have to be the law for everybody, right? But then when only some people are you know going to jail immediately and others are you know getting to go to court and stuff like that, then that's uh, you know who's making those decisions and it's kind of unfair, right? What happens when the gun turns on you? That's the that's the thing that people. It's easy, right? It's easy to just go after someone. They're bad. They're a bad person. Yeah. You're a, you're a good person. What happens one day when someone points at you and goes, you're a bad person, but you're like, no, I'm a good person. And then other people go, you know what? They are a bad person. All of a sudden, you're going to want all those rights that you 10 minutes ago said we don't need. All of a sudden, you're going to go, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I didn't even tell my side of the story yet. And then you go, oh, well, maybe I should have let that person do that, too. Yeah. Couldn't have said it better, man. You just, uh, you know, you you just put it out there. Perfect. So, yeah. Before we kind of wrap things up, you know, I I want to ask you kind of about your book, you know, and you can share it with people and uh, because I know it's pretty new, right? Yes, it came out on my birthday, which also coincidentally is Steve Jobs' birthday, which I swear, unless it was in the deep recesses of my brain, I was not planning it like. I, don't, I, yeah, a, I, I think, I, you know, maybe like back in the day, I saw it and said, "Oh, cool!" Like Steve Jobs and I, but I didn't remember a time. I just I don't remember what spurred yeah. it. I I've always been kind of interested in him. I read his biography a while back, and I I remember I had this this like one pager. I keep a lot of documents from from school and whatever. And this one pager was. It was like his head and it was like the 10 or 12 things that like Steve Jobs did. And I yeah. was always interested in him because he was just so unique in so many ways. And he yeah. was so successful yet so flawed. And I liked it. And so I was listening to podcasts with James Altucher. So bring full back circle podcasting. I was listening to his business podcast. And he said, if you do it, he's like, I have a 30 day book challenge. If you do this 30 day book challenge, I will plug your book on the air. 
So I need to catch up on his podcast because I don't know if he's done it yet. But, and I will literally just email him until it happens because he said he would. <laughs> and I want, yeah. that, I want that plug. He, so the idea is like, he, he laid out how to do a 30 day book challenge. And I said, you know what? I liked, I like writing. I, and I thought back to growing up, I used to write for class. I do these like book projects. And then in college towards the end, I had a blog for a little bit, which hopefully is deleted because I feel like drinking and writing, which is just, unless you're Ernest Hemingway, I don't think that's a good idea. And then I was writing last year. I tried to do some satire. So I was doing improv comedy at the time. A buddy of mine was doing satire. And so I started, tried to do satire. And ironically, one of the one of the uh, pieces I wrote, this was like December 2019, is I, I said like Illinois governor comes up with breath tax. It was like B-R-E-A-T-H. And it was like this joke about how it's like costs you money depending on how much you breathe. Because the idea is like Illinois broke and it was, you know, blah, blah, blah. But then it's like kind yeah. of funny with COVID. I'm like, oh my gosh, like breath tax, like. I don't know. We're not quite there, obviously, but like, interesting. But I, I like to do mm-hmm. satire. And so I'm like, okay, like, how can I do that again? And so the idea of the book is it, it's a quick, it's a 30 page ebook. And what I wanted, what I'm working on is the idea is having like, I like to write jokes. So I, I do stand up occasionally, but I haven't really, I'm a bad stand up comedian. I don't have like a type five. I need to do that. What I want, what I want to do is I, I the book essentially is like, it's, so it's, it can help you. It has ideas of the things that can work. Like I talk about fasting. I talk about benefits of not drinking. I talk about the benefits of getting walks every day. All things Jobs did and things that I also try to subscribe to. And the idea yeah. is the footnotes kind of work as like jokes. So you you see something and it's this footnote one, you click on it and it's like a joke or like a, like a fun story or like occasionally it's a citation, but I... I did the whole high school work side of thing at the end, which I have no idea if it's working, but whatever. And the idea is like, it's kind of like a, a comedian guides you through this book. Cause I, I said, I don't really, I don't know if there's anything out there quite like that. Yeah. Yeah. The idea of the book is kind of goes with the podcast and eventually, and by the time people listen to me, the newsletter is uh, trying to inspire people to change themselves. Like I've went over the years from kind of party, tying it all the way back from party animal to refined kind of thinker and lawyer that wants to help encourage people to be them about their best selves. And I've, I, I'm not perfect by any means. I've got all the same issues everyone else does. I think that through learning by people like Naval on, on Twitter and other books I've read and my experiences in life, I've been able to evolve myself to become a better person in many ways. And I, I've never been happier. Um, I've got a great relationship with my family, friends, my girlfriend's amazing, We're starting a family, and I want other people to be able to do those things too. And I'm not always going to be perfect on the way to do it. Uh, the book, you know, and, and there'll be more books and there'll be more iterations, but I want to help inspire people to, to become their, their best selves and to not take life so seriously. Like we're really, we're really not here for that long. If you, even if you live a hundred years, what's the earth? seven billion like what is that that's nothing right and and at the end of the day like we talked about earlier in a hundred years no one probably will even know will even be alive who knew you. i mean people in a hundred years might not be alive who knew you hopefully someone will right yeah. but it might be it might be the 20 year old who's like yeah i remember grandpa Bilal. he was like really old like you, you know <laughs> you just 
right? Yeah. It, might, it might be my version of when my, my great grandmother and um, God bless her. But yeah, I want people to take chances. I want people to to and to just have fun because life is short, and and it's worth it's worth being kind to people. It's worth wanting to work with people, and it's worth the time to do that because at the end of the day, what's better than love? Yeah, I I love you know everything you said there. I think it's uh, you know great that you wanna you know kind of spread that uh, you know that message and that happiness in your books and your podcasts and everything, right? And uh, I you know I I completely agree. You know, um, we we really are on this earth for for such a small amount of time. You know, like and you, most people aren't gonna live to a hundred. And you know, you might you might be young right now. You know, and you might be like 20, 30 or whatever. And you might be thinking to yourself like, Oh, you know, I still have like 50 more years in my life or something. You never know, you know, like people die, not even like, you know, by accidents. It's just like, you know, that you, you, you can die when you're like 20 for no absolute reason. Right. It was just your time to die. So, and I, I don't mean to like, you know, uh, make the podcast sad or anything, but I'm just talking about, you know, uh, like Eric said, we're we're here for such a small amount of time and you know we we got to make good use of it right uh by by you know spreading positivity and love and peace and you know just making the world a better place right for the future generations because they probably won't like uh eric said you know they probably won't remember you know this specific person right but they might remember you know in the future like you know like there was a certain there was a certain time in the world where like there was war right and then it stopped because of some man's action right or like something like that right so uh, that's a big example but i'm just talking about you know like just got to leave good imprints on this world right so yeah yeah and you know everybody you guys got to all go check out uh eric's podcast and his book and everything where where can they find the book eric and scientifically proven ways that steve jobs went against the grain actually i think it's 10 scientifically proven ways steve jobs went against the grain sometimes i throw the word that in there you can find <laughs> that on i don't even know what title of my own book you can find that on amazon as well as barnes and noble and then the podcast will be Vern goes against the grain and the newsletter will also be Vern goes against the grain that will be on substack Blow ali anything goes i think anything went pretty well today thank you so much for for having me and like we took it, I think we took advantage of our limited time on this earth. As, as Steve Jobs famously said during his 2005 Stanford commencement address, you know, death is one of the death, you know, kind of makes you appreciate a life because it is so short that it's uh, worth taking advantage of. And I'm glad that we got to spend time together today. And I wish you the best of luck on the podcast. Maybe I'll have you on mine one of these days when I uh, can get my act better together like yours, but you're doing a great job. I'm, I uh, can't wait to hear about your college exploits. I'm going to be living through you, my man. I, I now you, know man. a college student. I know a college student. Uh, I'm so excited. I get to live <laughs> through you. And uh, I promise I won't uh, bother you too much like some sort of crazy uh, family member. No, no. Thank you, man. You know, um, you're, you're a great person, you know, and, it, it, you know, it speaks volume to your character, right? The, you're just uh, talking so well about me right now, and we don't even really know each other uh, besides this, you know, hour and a half that we we talked and then so you know i i really appreciate you coming on man and uh you're you're a great guy you know and very friendly and uh you're you're really good at conversation you know keeping right so i appreciate that and um you know i wish you 
luck with everything and with your family and your new, you know, baby or uh, baby boy or baby girl, right? And um, I wish you the best luck with everything. And I'll have, uh, you know, all the links, guys, in the show notes to all his stuff, his podcast, his books, or his books, sorry. And, um, you know, whatever else there is, right? And so you guys got to go show Eric some love. Thank you, man, for coming on again. I appreciate that. And hey, for anyone out there, if you pull out, if you were a stock market, if you got a podcast like this at 18, I'd be buying your stock. Keep up the great work, my man. <laughs> Thank you, man. I really appreciate it. I really appreciate it. Yeah, and uh, before I end it off, I just want to remind you guys to, if you're not following the, the Instagram page, to go follow it and you can uh, DM me, you know, if you're, if you're ever down or anything or you just want to talk, right? And we uh, can, you know, build that friendship and stuff. So, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll have it down in the links below as well in the show notes. So make sure you guys check all that out and don't forget to check out Eric's stuff. All right. Have a